Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolfing, Gavin Shaw here, and we are breaking down how to fix the Knicks. It's awful early for that, but it's been a tumultuous start to the season, so may as well just dive in head first. And so we're going to talk about how the Knicks can fix themselves by fixing Julius Randle first and foremost, and then how getting Quentin Grimes in with the second unit could potentially unlock both Grimes and that second unit next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked on Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Knicks first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And make sure to hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode because a lot of times we're coming to you five, if not six times a week right now because there's a lot going on this season because, you know, we're we're in the thick of it again. And I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. If you want to keep up with us a little more, you can check us out on subtext. So check that out in the episode description. You can talk with us right from the text messaging app on your phone. Hear all of our latest thoughts on the various games and all that good stuff. So uh, check that link out in the description below. Uh, but Gavin, we're uh, we're not very far into the season, and yet there's a lot going on with the Knicks. We, uh, we haven't gotten to convene for about a week thanks to uh, differing schedules and stuff. So we haven't gotten to talk this out too much since the first couple games but things are uh less than ideal at the moment Mm. for the knicks and i think unfortunately it it seems like a lot of our content has been revolving around this lately but unfortunately the root cause seems to be one of the main players on the team we we even talked about um the bucks game together at least do do i'm sure i'm sure you you've seen the the clip of uh julius uh just staring down jalen after the I, I didn't because I didn't notice that live. So we got I think we might we might even have to comment there before we talk about how to fix it, Alex. The audacity of a guy who has literally shot the worst that anyone shot through six games on high volume in 22 years, staring down the guy who scored 45 freaking points, and then to play no defense, and then for Jalen, the Saint that he is to come out two days later and say, you know, everyone on the team has his back. I tell Julius that that we're in his corner every day and, and we're backing him up and we're supporting him. You don't have to do that, Jalen. That's almost too much. Like, I don't. How does Julius Randall not have some shame at a certain point? Like like that. That is what's missing in all this. And and like the fact that someone, uh, Zach Blatter, I think, who, who pointed this out on, on Twitter, but and it it's always bothers me. Like when things are not going well for him, he always he, he says we. And like to, after, after the Bucks game, he was saying I a little bit more. But in general, it's like, yeah, we're just we're just not shooting well. Like the spacing isn't good. Like, dude, you are like we we've talked about this before, Alex. And like maybe, maybe this is this is step one, at least of fixing his relationship with the fans, but just like some self-awareness is, is what is just distinctly distinctly missing here to me and an acknowledgement and and again like 
all it takes, like we said this all throughout the 21-22 season, like if he was playing his butt off on defense, if he was, and, and like it, it's better than it was in the past, but like if he was making like a ton of smart passes and, and smart reads and, and just taking good shots within the flow of the offense and, and not repeatedly trying to go at two defensive player of the year candidates in, in a game the Knicks desperately needed to win in Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo, like I don't think people would be complaining that much. So that's, that's been a, a, a long-term problem for me with Julius Randle. And I, I almost think like like we're gonna we're gonna throw stuff out there on, on how the Knicks can make this work, but like if there's not a little self awareness there, like I, I don't know if anything can be done about it on the Knicks end. Yeah, it's kind of you know I think uh, our buddy Benji Ritholtz pointed this out on Twitter when he was going over the you know the game tape or whatever, and he was like, well if you look at the tape, like they did run a play, they ran the same play that they ran a minute before where they had fed Randall and it was clearly the same play where the idea was to get him the ball and, and Brunson took the shot. But to your point, it's like, would you, you know, if you were, if you were a relief pitcher that didn't get put in a game for a guy that was pitching a no hitter, would you throw fit and be like, Oh, but it was my turn to pitch. A like pitcher to 14 ERA so far that season. Yeah, maybe? exactly. Like, and you have a 14 ERA and you, you know, you're giving up a home run every time you go out there. Like, I, you know, it's again, it is a lack of self-awareness and it seems like Julius is already in his own head again. And unfortunately, like, you know, this is bringing me, this is giving me flashbacks to 21, 22. And we used to always say like, look, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a sports therapist in general. I don't speak to this guy. Like I'm not at yeah. home with him. I don't know what's going on, but like something is clearly up. You know, the body language is terrible. The shot selection is absolutely terrible and it's not even terrible in the sense of like it seems like he's calling his own number too much it's terrible in the sense of he just seems tentative he seems like he doesn't want to shoot and yet then just will do it almost because he's thinking to himself like well i gotta get my shots up you know like oh that's my job i gotta get these shots up even if they're terrible and even if i'm clearly not feeling it and clearly don't think that i'm going to make it um i don't know it's it's very obvious to me that it's all between his ears again which is concerning because we go through this every other year with this guy. Uh, and so we're only a few games in. So, you know, I want to say like, Oh, well, maybe this is just, he's just having a slow start, you know, don't read too much into it, you know, this, that, the other, but we've already seen a number of times where this guy has proven like he's not, I, if, if he's having a bad time, everybody's having a bad time and he makes sure of it. And, so far this year, it has not been great. And unfortunately, and I mean, this is something I think we're going to get into as we talk about how to fix this. A lot of this falls on falls on Tibbs to correct because you can't make the guy's peers go out there and be the ones to kind of roast him. You know, you can't you can't be like, well, Jalen Brunson, if the reporters ask you about it, you should flambe him and and, you know, completely hang him out to dry because that's not what a player team leader does. What a coach team leader needs to do is is hold guys accountable both by you know, if you want to do the Phil Jackson method and take it to the media, fine. But at, at minimum, he has to start taking Julius Randle out of games and holding him accountable in the games. And that's something that we have literally never seen out of Tibbs ever since the 20 to 21 season when he took over, when obviously Randle was so integral to what the Knicks did that year. But then we saw that play out in 21 22. We saw it play out early last year, which Randle did to his credit, you know, kind of straighten things out. It looked for the first few games like, it was a little iffy on how things were going with Randall. And he did really, he put together an amazing season last year to his credit. 
But this year feels a little different. It feels a lot more like 21-22, but sped up because really it took it took a month or two for him to reach that point a couple seasons ago. And now it seems like he's already reaching the self-destruct point mere games into the season. Um, so something's got to change and and pretty quickly, I think, for the Knicks here. Yeah, and the issue is that the Knicks, and this has unfortunately been true since they've gotten him, like the Knicks need Julius Randle, right? And, and that's why Tom Thibodeau is like, let, let's just let's call a spade a spade. He, he's scared of severing this relationship and he's scared of taking him out when Julius has a possession where he stares down his best player in the midst of a career night and, and jogs back on defense or, or doesn't step up on a Dame screen who, or, or excuse me, a, a Dame three pointer in the closing minute of a game where you're up by one or two. And like, he's, fears the repercussions of that. And at a certain point, like Tibbs has to say, screw it. And coach Randall, like he would coach Daquan Jeffries. If Daquan Jeffries was somehow in this situation and just bench the guy, like if he's not trying defensively and look, I I think there are, there are ways to make Randall's life easier. Like, and, and we'll go more in depth. I think maybe the biggest thing would be playing him more with the bench and just setting him up with as much shooting as humanly possible and then just and honestly, if I were Tibbs, I would I would play him at the five. I know that's sacrilege and I know that's going to cost the Knicks their third ranked um, defense. And and it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But like I would I would just tell Isaiah Hardenstein, hey, you're going to get a few less minutes tonight. And I would I'd run pick and roll after pick and roll. I would have everything going at the rim. And and I would tell Julius like before a game, I don't care if you shoot one for 10 at the rim. Just keep going there. Keep going strong try to draw fouls and then eventually like we'll, we'll get into this too, but he's going to like, like if he's not hitting threes, someone else who can make threes has to be out there because that more than anything else is basically single-handedly taking the Knicks offense and why they're shooting worse at the rim than any team in the league by an almost inexplicable margin. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for, uh, for just kind of keeping uh, like for not being afraid to bench Randall either, uh, you know, d- do what you can to try to help him. But if he's not willing to help himself yeah. to, to sort of discipline him again, like you would, you know, any other player on at, the team. at a certain point, Alex, it's not even discipline. It, it's like, you're costing us the game. So you can't yeah. be out there. It's nothing personal. It's just, you're costing us. Exactly. Whether that's from shooting poorly or just from not doing all the rest of it, because yeah. he could, uh, Tibbs could very easily point to say Emmanuel quickly and say, Julius, look, here's a guy that, you know, for as great as he is on offense as best, even if he's having an off night on offense, he still helps his team somehow or another by, you know, moving the ball well, by playing defense all the time, by getting after rebounds. And if you're not going to willing to do that, then, you know, if you're not shooting well, then you're not going to, you're not going to be on the floor. Uh, but we could talk through more of that in just a sec when we get into the next segment because there's enough Julius talk for two of them. But first, I wanted to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Game Time. And Game Time is my favorite place to buy tickets because I am not a, I'm not a, a, a planner. I am not a you know plan things months ahead kind of guy. My wife is that person. I'm the person that's like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe I should go to a Knicks game this weekend or tonight even, you know, I work kind of close to the city. So it's a decision that I can make. If I can like scrounge up a friend that wants to go to the game on that night, I can be like, Hey, what do you, what do you think? Let's go see this Knicks versus whoever tonight. And a lot of times on other apps, that's not an enjoyable experience, but 
I mean, on game time, it's it's pretty fantastic because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals and all-in prices, which is my favorite thing, views from your seat, my second favorite thing, and their best price guarantee. Okay, maybe that's my first favorite thing. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And you can get last-minute tickets. There are flash deals, zone deals, all kinds of different deals, which you don't often find on the other apps. They're they're often trying to milk every cent that they can out of you. Game time is trying to make sure you can get to see what you want to see and do it on a last second uh, time frame if you if you so please. And they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. So it's the place to find last minute seats. And you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater. And more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Sort of similar to uh, some of those hotel sites where you could just say, hey, I just want to be in this general area. Give me the best deal possible. Pretty sweet. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. Locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, and we're back in, Gavin. Continuing to talk about Julius Randle, and I, I feel like we should continue trying to kind of, I don't know, pick out things that could help him get going again. And I, I like your idea of trying to get him to the rim more. I mean, if I were the Knicks, I, I feel like at this point I would be like, look, we're going to have a mandatory practice. And like Julius, we need you starting from the top of the three point line and like find your explosiveness again. You know, I saw someone, I think comments on our YouTube channel, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was a tweet that was like, well, it could still be his ankle. And I'm like, I, that kind of runs counter to everything that we've heard, which is that he got that surgery so early in the offseason so that the ankle would be fine for this year. But maybe there is issues with him trusting the ankle. I don't know. I mean, he certainly seems less enthusiastic about exploding to the hoop and less enthusiastic about like using a, a pump fake to freeze his man when he gets it on the perimeter and then driving hard, which was like such a staple of his renaissance last year was the fact that he – was a confident shooting the ball from the outside. And even if he only shot like 34, 35%, whatever his final percentage was last year, it was enough that teams had to respect him because he had so many first quarters where he would just blitz you for like four made threes in the first quarter if he didn't respect it. But then he was using that to put the ball on the floor, get all the way to the rim, draw free throws like a madman. Like he finished well around the hoop. He's exploding for dunks consistently. And I like, we even saw him do that in the preseason some. And I think in the first two games of the season, he had a couple nice dunks uh, yeah. going to the hoop. And all of a sudden that seems to just be gone. So I would just be like, get those like, get those like boxing hand pads out, you know, that the the trainers and the assistant coaches always throw on. Just start like beating the crap out of him when he's got the ball and be like, just hand check him to death and be like, get by me, just drive. Like you have the strength to do this. Why are you not doing this in the game? Because I think that's the most frustrating thing, even more so than him being tentative to take shots right now is that once he decides to put the ball on the floor too, he's just moving east to west. There's no more north to south. And that just freezes a possession. And that's where you see like these clips on Twitter that are circulating where it's like, oh, Julius Randle got it early in the clock and burned 16 seconds off the shot clock and got absolutely nowhere. 
and didn't create any opportunities for himself or anybody else because all he's doing is just going back and forth, back and forth, jab, step, jab, step, you know, whatever, and not going anywhere. Um, it reminds me a bit of like when you go to the park and someone just dribbles between their legs a bunch of times and doesn't move at all, and you just don't right. even have to play defense <laughs> against them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be I think that would be probably my biggest point of emphasis with him is, you know, look, if, if you don't have the confidence in your shot, fine, but at least get confidence in yourself again and get confidence in your ability to explode because you, he looks great. He looks lean. He looks fast. And yet he doesn't seem to be translating any of that to the court right now. Yeah. I mean, I think basically every issue with the Knicks offense can be boiled down to Julius Randle can't shoot threes right now. Because they're, they're playing in a shoebox game after game. And last year, again, th- like this is this is how they were an incredible offense last year. They didn't they don't have any business being the type of offense they are with Mitchell Robinson on the floor, even with his offensive rebounding, just because again, like the whole modern NBA is built around five out spacing on, on a on a bunch of teams, or or like a modicum, like like legitimately four out, legitimately like three and a half out. And the Knicks, um, don't have anything close to that right now. They have they have two shooters on the floor, Alex, who are respected in Jalen Brunson and Quinn Grimes. No one, no one else is. And the reason Julius, despite that, was able to be efficient last year was because people actually started guarding him, not in the playoffs. And I think that's beyond the ankle. That's part of what killed him in the playoffs. But in the regular season, like people eventually started respecting his three-point shot. And on nights that they didn't, we would see those 19-point first quarters where he would make four or five threes. And then guys would start to come out. And then he was pumping, he was blowing by them, and he was getting dunks. Like, I don't I don't think the health is an issue. Like, you referenced it, but he had um, won against the Wizards in the preseason. That was like, that looked about as athletic and, and as explosive as I've ever seen him. I think, I'm pretty sure he had a nice one against the Boston Celtics. Like, honestly, I think that first game was just the war, like Drew Holiday got in his head. And, and he has a big ego. We've talked about that. I mean, that, that's what we spent the whole first segment talking about. And even if Drew Holiday is considered by a lot of guys in the NBA the best defender in the league, this like tiny dude just clowning him, I think that really, really messed with him. And I think last year we would have seen a version of Julius where he would have looked Drew Holiday in the eye and said, you're going to put this guy on me. All right, I'm going to get up 12 threes tonight. I'm going to make four or five of them. And then later in the game, you're going to switch someone else because you're going to get tired of that. And I'm going to start getting to the rim. And like no one's guarding him. No one's respecting him. And that's where his confidence has just been destroyed because all that speed, athleticism, and just frolic, like Super Saiyan type strength is made totally irrelevant when you don't have to guard him behind the arc and you just have a big guy who can sit near the rim, wait for him to come. And inevitably, when Julius dislodges that, the center is right there because Mitchell Robinson is right there. And that's where we saw Brooke Lopez just repeatedly swatting or altering his shots. And that's the Knicks offense right now. It's claustrophobia to the max. And how do you fix that? Again, some minutes at center would be a good start. Um, I think some minutes with the bench, since Isaiah Hartenstein can at least provide like some tentative spacing where you have to guard him six, seven feet out and some passing and they could run some big, big pick and roll. But ultimately, Alex, like nothing is going to change until he starts like taking and making threes. And I don't know if that's going to take like just live practice where Tibbs is like, all right, we're going to scrimmage today, Julius. We're, we're playing for 30 minutes. I want you shooting, finding a way to shoot 23s and doing that as many days as it takes until he has a rhythm. But somehow, some way, like either he has to make threes or he has to be on the bench and you got to play four shooters. And the Knicks, 
don't really have those options, unfortunately. And and that's where things like we'll, we'll get into like some size issues later, but that's where things get a little bit difficult. Yeah. And moreover, he has to just get more confident in himself too, which, you know, is, is going to be a whole other thing, which is, you know, whether you instill that through, uh, through practice and getting him more reps that way, or you just have to sit down and have a long chat with him and figure out what's going on in his head right now that is making him, I mean, clearly mail it in across the board because it, it would be disingenuous if we didn't bring up the fact that like, he also just seems to not care right now. No. And, and yeah. that shows very obviously on the defensive end where he's just walking around for whole possessions at a time uh, on rebounding where he's not boxing out. He's not getting after it anymore. Like, like was such a staple of his great season last year was him getting after every rebound and all that stuff. So I don't know. I guess we'll see as far as that, that all goes, but Gavin, I, in the next segment, I think we can talk about a guy who has had a little bit of an off start to the season, but mostly just due to lack of opportunity in Quentin Grimes and how the Knicks could potentially use him to get even better as well and turn this season around. But first, uh, I feel like we should let everybody know about our good friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Absolutely. Uh, you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. I'm going to repeat that because it's ridiculous. That's $150. That's maybe one and a half Knicks tickets and 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 half a soda, but it will go it will go further somewhere other than MSG. If your team wins, that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Alex, a line that caught my eye, the New York Knicks, um, in tonight's game against the Clippers, just one and a half point underdogs. Maybe Vegas knows something we don't. Maybe they expect the Knicks to bounce back. Um, I actually think we're not we're not really doing a preview of that game. I actually think the Knicks are are going to win that game. They're going to bounce back, and I think the Clippers are going to have a, some trouble incorporating James Harden on the first night. If you agree or if you disagree, which might be smarter based on how things are going, visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockdown and kick off both the NBA and NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, and we are back on Locked on Knicks. Alex, something else that can make Julius Randle's life a little bit easier is Quinn Grimes' uh, cooking. He was great the first night of the season. Really, really good in that game against the Bucks. In between, it's been pretty shaky. Um, and uh, people like me who love Quinn Grimes will tell you that is a lack of opportunity. Um, my boss at uh, one of my play-by-play jobs uh, who, who texts me every time, Quentin Grimes has a bad game. Sorry, your boy sucks, uh, would say that uh, QG hasn't been doing enough to generate his own opportunities. Uh, Alex, I think you probably fall closer to my side of the spectrum on that. So what can the Knicks do to make Quentin Grimes a consistent feature of their offense? So I think in looking at what this team is lacking in some ways and also just looking at what could get Grimes going more, I think the key might be to get Grimes involved with the second unit more. And I know that that's... That's traditionally been R.J. Barrett's uh, place, you know, where he gets to kind of shine a bit, where uh, lately he's been the first sub out and then, you know, comes in the earliest of all the starters to come in for his second shift and get some time with that second unit, get some time with Quickly and DiVincenzo and and, uh, Josh Hart and Isaiah Hartenstein. And it seems to work pretty well. But with how well that R.J.'s been playing across the board, 
you know, no matter what unit he's with. And the fact that he's been showing the versatility of being able to hit the spot up, you know, opportunities, hit from the corner, do some of sort of the Quentin Grimes-esque things that, you know, normally you just reserve for Grimes, but also do all the things that he does well, like break down the the defense in that first unit, get to the line, and, you know, just in general kind of create a, a good spacing opportunity where he can kick it to the outside and have guys whip it around and all that stuff, which... That might be, I mean, if we're talking about that FanDuel line, maybe it's R.J. Barrett coming back. That's the biggest thing that could potentially help the Knicks because he has been a revelation this year so far in the few games that he's gotten to play. But my point being, Quentin Grimes has struggled to do much more than just kind of stand there and shoot so far this year, and that's been mostly schematic. Uh, And I think that he could benefit quite a bit from being in that second unit more. I looked it up on Clean the Glass, and if their numbers are correct, and if I did my math correctly, he's been in only... Other than garbage time possessions, which there was that one game, I think it was I think it was the Hawks game where they it was the Hawks game where they they got to actually play the like the end of bench guys a little bit and Grimes had like eight possessions with them, but by my count he's only been in five possessions without Brunson at point guard this year so far, which signifies to me he's not getting a lot of run with that second unit, not getting a lot of time with Quickly and Divincenzo and Hart, uh, so I think you should put him into that bench unit instead of RJ at the three for some stretches and. That might allow him to create more. He's only getting to the rim 10% of the time this season versus 29% of the time last year, which is a huge difference. And he's shooting 64% from there right now, which is third best on the team and sorely needed across the board. We're going to do a second show on this where we're going to talk about how the Knicks need to improve their efficiency at the rim. They're dead last by a wide margin in the NBA right now at finishing at the rim. Uh, So that could help in that category because he's shooting 64% there. If you could just get him there more. And last season, he shot 71% at the rim. So he even shot better last year at the rim on more opportunities. So I think the more you can get him into those opportunities, the better. But also, I just think in that more democratic ball handling second unit with uh, quickly DiVincenzo Hart, that everybody can kind of handle the ball. At any given time, anybody can bring it down. Anybody can start the break in transition. Grimes loves to hit those trailing threes, but you know, so does quickly. So, like he could get out on the break and hit quickly for those. Quickly he get out on the break and hit him for those. Or DiVincenzo or Hart. Like literally any of them love to do that. Uh, it I just feel like it'll create a lot more opportunities and also kind of give you an opportunity to let Grimes find sort of his summer league self, which is where we've seen probably the most complete version of Grimes in recent years where he showed like, hey, you know what? I can actually kind of run an offense a little bit. Like not anything crazy, but at least on the level that they're trusting DiVincenzo to do it right now, which is bring the ball down, get the action started, and then eventually free yourself up for a shot. So I think that would be super beneficial, and and hopefully that's something that Tibbs and the Knicks are willing to entertain. Yeah, I, I it's something I, I brought up last week. Like in, I, I'm losing track of time and space, but in, in one of the shows I did, um, I – I want him to have more time on the ball. I, I want him to be able to take self-created threes. We, we've seen like he's he's really perfected that sidestep three that JJ Redick was bragging about teaching him during the Bucks game. Um, more of him doing that. To your point, more of him getting to the rim. Like he, I, I could probably count on one hand the number of pick and rolls he's gotten to run in his next career. Like him and Hartenstein doing that together. I, I think the second unit, by and large, has been playing pretty well this year, even though. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about this. Steven Chenzo's had some real issues at the basket. And I, I don't think we've seen like the version of Josh Hart we got last year has, has not been here yet. And I think that's kind of an underrated factor in, in the Knicks, not having a little bit more margin for error in some of these games. But I, I think Grimes only serves to make 
those guys' lives either easier because you are talking about like a lineup. Like if if it's quickly Grimes, DiVincenzo, Hart, that's three and a half out spacing. Hartenstein is sometimes the one on the perimeter distributing, and then then you really have to guard everyone behind the arc. Grimes is another guy who can cut. He's another guy who can play fast. He's another guy, much like DiVincenzo and Hart, and quickly that can create turnovers and create transition. Like I, I think that second unit, um, like we 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 were going to talk about the Knicks trying to get back to the 22-23 model. How about the twenty twenty one model where the second unit just carried the team by being one of the best lineups in the NBA? I think with Grimes in there, you'll have that. And again, that to your point, that's not a shot at RJ at all. It's more of an acknowledgement that, like to your point, like he's good enough now to, or seems like he's good enough to do pretty well in the first offense ecosystem and you can replace Grimes in there with Emmanuel quickly and Emmanuel quickly can prop up those units a little bit and that'll be a good way to get him more minutes so I'm with you anything to get Quentin Grimes more shots like for an offense that is just dastardly inefficient right now like Grimes three-pointer is outside of Jalen Brunson doing stuff when he's cooking the best shot you can get so as many of those you can get up as possible it's a good thing yeah I'm with you there and I mean it, it he's he's shooting I mean, really good from three so far this year. Like he's 67 of 180 so far this year on all of his threes. He's shooting phenomenal from the corners. He's shooting 46% so far. Wait, so it's not in the... six, wait Alex, 67 of 180? Uh, that's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking. <laughs> okay. I was, I was like, I was like, I, was like I, I shouldn't be complaining. That's 33 is a game. It's not bad. 13 of 36. Sorry about that. I was looking at his rookie year stats. I'm like, that should have seemed high to me. Either way, he's shooting well. Uh, from the, yeah. from three this year, thirty six percent. Like you'll take that all day. Um, maybe that's a signifier that we should we should wrap this episode up because I'm I'm getting to the silly point here of looking at the wrong clean the glass stats. But also shame on them for arranging them so that the rookie year stats are first and the current year stats are at the bottom. It should be the other way around. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Get Quinn Grimes some more time with the second unit i think that's that's uh the big lesson here and let quinn grimes take 30 something threes a game i think that'll be good too yeah honestly there it would not make the offense worse so <laughs> tough to do that anyway thank you all for listening to this episode we'll have another one of these where we talk about more ways the knicks could get better uh on wednesday so keep your ears out for that and uh until next time well we'll have a game recap between now and then maybe it'll completely nullify that episode for wednesday i guess we'll see but until then I'm guessing it probably won't. So uh, we'll talk to you after the game against the Clippers. And then again on Wednesday for more things that the Knicks can improve upon next time on Locked on Knicks.